This is a Career Channel program from UC San Diego Extension. Visit us at uctv.tv slash careers for videos, employment news, and trend articles to help recent college graduates and those in career transition bridge to better employment. We're going to hear from leaders of three major systems that have the power to help youth from getting disconnected and from uh, reconnecting to school or work. But of course, we couldn't let these leaders stand up here on stage without the youth perspective. So you will also hear from uh, young people. So let's get this started. We're going to first start with Adolfo Gonzalez, Chief of Probation, and Savannah Rojas, a youth who participated in an alternatives to detention program at South Bay Community Services. Savannah, you're first. Hi, my name is Savannah Rojas. I am 17 years old. I am a graduate from the Alternatives to Detention Program. I came from an abusive family. After one difficult night at home, the, the ATD program assisted me to get into a temp temporary cool beds foster home instead of going to juvenile hall. I was able to continue to go to school, engage in therapy, groups, community service. Because of my success with the ATD program, my charge got dropped. I was not placed on probation. This gave me the opportunity to get into job course where I am currently living. Through job course, I will be getting my high school diploma and I am learning skills for a career in a security training. Unfortunately, I wasn't able to go back home. However, I am reaching my dreams where I am at. I am thankful I never had to go through the juvenile system, I would have changed my life, thankful for all the support from the ATD program and for believing in me. You just heard about Savannah is one thing that we're doing here in the San Diego County Probation Department. I've been with the Probation Department for two years, and I have a teenage kid at home, so I know what it's like when the youth behaves like a youth, but yet law enforcement treats him as a criminal. My first experience in juvenile hall was when a kid told me, sir, I made a mistake, but you made me feel like a criminal. So my job was to try to change that. So one thing that we're doing in the county here in San Diego is providing more funding for alternative detention. We know statistically that if a kid comes to juvenile hall, there's 40% chance of not graduating high school. If they come back again, we know they're going to have 43% chance of continuing in the criminal justice system. So what can we do as a community to prevent those youths from coming into juvenile hall from the beginning because they commit or, or do what we call an adolescent behavior. So in the San Diego County Probation Department, we're committed to making a difference by working with our law enforcement partners to keep those youth that belong in the home, at home, already a turn to detention or what we call a cool bed. Thank you. And Savannah, I believe you have a question for Chief of Probation. Yes. Abused children that never got their voices heard and due to abuse, some have been arrested. What could probation do to hear their voices instead of judging? Well, one of the ways we can hear the voices of those youth is listening to them. What we did in the probation department is we included the youth when we established our mission and vision statements. We wanted to hear from them while in custody and those youth that are in the community to see what should probation be doing with our youth together in a collaboration. So we're including our youth in many of our um, projects and programs and asking them what's working and what's not working so that we can go back and refine the services that are being provided to be more efficient and more effective. Thank you. And do you have a question for Savannah? Yes. What would you tell a young person as far as choices they're making? How can they initiate something different so they can move ahead and, and stay out of the juvenile justice system? Um. 
just stay focused. Don't lead into anything bad because there's always a brighter side at the end of the tunnel. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Savannah and Adolfo. Next, we will hear from Simone Hitz Narcisse and Paul Gothold, superintendent. Simone now works with SDSU's Guardian Scholars, and Paul is the county superintendent. Simone? Good morning, everyone. My name is Simone, and I stand before you as a proud alumni of foster care. At the age of 13, uh, thank you. (laughs) At the delicate age of 13, I had to endure the loss of my biological mother. Her passing left behind four children, I being the youngest. Being placed at Polinsky Children's Center, the question of where my family would go became the longest and most crucial decision of my life. For three months, my siblings fought for us to stay together while our first social worker thought separation was the only way. Who would want four teenagers? Thankfully, all of us were placed at San Pasquale Academy, a residential academy for foster youth, my forever home. At SPA, education was a constant conversation, a conversation that I never had before. The staff began to challenge me to think about my future and wouldn't take I don't know for an answer. Being in eighth grade, I attended public middle school with the other SPA students. Not only was I the new kid on the block, but I was outed as a foster youth. An obvious division among the students who had been there since kindergarten and and those of us that identified as foster youth. Kids were cruel and teachers and admin impatient. We were the ones getting kicked out of class. We were the ones being sent to the principal office for defending ourselves. No one ever asked me how I was doing or why I was in the situation. After surviving this, I attended SPA, the residential high school. I had a choice to make, be the the statistic that had been placed on me or thrive. I chose to excel. Student athlete, peer mentor, Val Victorian, what excuses did I have? My peers knew my truth, I had my siblings, and I was stable. But even at the academy, classroom kickouts and referrals occurred. I graduated spa and attended Cal Poly San Luis Obispo. It took me two long years to fully transition and get comfortable. Shout out to all the EOP programs for your support. I graduated Cal Poly with my BS in child development. And just when I thought I was done, my mentors chose to ask me, what's the next step? Are you thinking about grad school? And all I could think is, what are you talking about? There is no one like me that I knew that was pursuing their masters. But after much coaching, I decided to put my name in the hat. I have earned my MA in education with an emphasis in student affairs. What was once my internship, thank you. What was once my internship has become my paid passion. I now have the honor of supporting students who identify as current or former foster youth, ward of the court, legal guardianship, and unaccompanied homeless youth. If you know these students, please send them my way. Thank you. I was blessed and fortunate to start my teaching career at LA County Office of Education. And county offices really deal with some of our most disenfranchised youth, foster, homeless, probation, expelled, camps and halls, community schools, uh, teens dealing with pregnancy. Um, I didn't know any better 25 years ago. Uh, The students in my class, uh, I loved them, I cared about them, and I demanded that they go to college. Stories you're hearing today, Simone, should not be an exception. It should be the rule. Public education is one of the few social entities where we can ensure equity. 
And we were successful in helping so many children get off the streets, create great lives for themselves through the auspices of public education and our supporting partners. And one of the things that it really struck me when I moved from L.A. County Office of Education into comprehensive districts was the manner in which kids were sorted, kids were categorized, didn't have access to certain classes, and kids were programmed and sorted based on adults' perceptions of what they could and could not do. Every child has the ability to learn anything under the right set of support and circumstances. We control those conditions. So as Superintendent of San Diego County Office of Ed, one of the things that we are doing and focusing on is creating a new division, an equity department, to really support our districts and schools and making sure that we're having those conversations that were described earlier about implicit bias, about culturally responsive teaching. Our systems were not designed to support every child. So how do we unwind the system to make sure every child is successful in our programs? The economic impact of that will quadruple. Uh, I honestly am so proud of, of the young ladies up here today and being part of a system that really supports all kids. And if there's anything we can do aside from the educational component is to provide hope. If we truly understand what our kids come in with when they walk through the door, we're not going to have suspensions and expulsions. We're going to have relationships, and those relationships are going to turn into great careers for our children. So thank you. So I was wondering, um, for me, I don't believe, um, I believe that any student who does not thrive in education is not due to their academic ability. It's due to other factors. Life is happening, instability, and whatnot. So how, in your role, are you supporting um, your school districts in creating a culture of care? So, great question. So in our programs alone, I can tell you examples of where, even before the school day starts, the teacher gets together with the kids in a circle and just does a check-in. How are you feeling today? What's going on? What did you deal with last night? There's, a, there's an incredible sense of trust. And um, if a kid is dealing with some of the circumstances that we heard about earlier in the, in the opening remarks, that's put out into the forefront. And, and it's recognized and it's validated. And we're going to do whatever it takes to, to have a better day. One of the things that I also think is is critical for us is, is understanding how we hire and how we build human and social capacity within our staff. You know, a lot of times I, I, we can teach educators to be better teachers. Uh, I haven't always been successful in teaching folks how to care. So I want to bring in people that have that social justice mentality, that have that, that, that spirit and unwavering and relentless pursuit of doing whatever it takes to make sure we help our kids and, and, and treat them with dignity, respect, but have high expectations for them. That, that is the key, just having high expectations, say, you know what, we're, we're going to get through this together. Superintendent Paul, do you have a question for Simone? Well, I, I, I'm interested from your perspective and your experience because you mentioned a lot of the, the, the students that you interfaced with didn't have, you know, the similar results. And I want to know what we can do different as, as educators. What is, what is the call to action for us to better support all kids? So I think it plays off of even your vision for the school districts. It's 
taking the time in the classrooms to build community first. A lot of students, at least the students that I've met, grew up with, and work with now, trust is the very first step. If I don't trust you as my teacher, if I don't trust you as a person, I don't owe you anything. I don't owe you time. I don't owe you my attention. I don't owe you my effort. But if I can learn how you are as a human, and you teach me and my peers how to be human, how to have unconditional positive regard, how to share my, my day, how to express myself, um, I think that a lot of the success in the classroom would rise. Students would rise to that occasion. So if, if it looked like the first three weeks of class or two days of class is this community building, I feel like that would go a lot further for our students. Thank you, Paul and Simone. Our last pair is Microsoft executive Carmen Summers, Carmen with a C, and Dejanae Hickson, a young woman working her way into a technology career and also a tech hire participant. Dejanae? Hi. Oh. Hello, thank you. My name is Dejanae and I am 20 years old. I was born here in San Diego. I've lived here all of my life. Growing up, I was raised by a single father. Most don't hear of that story. And he took care of me the best he could until he couldn't give me the care that I so actually needed. And so in seventh grade, I was defined as homeless to almost all of the schools that I was attending. So thanks to a lot of my friends and their families, I had a lot of couches to jump around throughout the rest of my years of education. And I was able to graduate high school on time all on my own, and I was able to attain, thank you, <laughs> thank you, and I was able to get my first apartment at the age of 18. So ever since then, I've been living on my own, paying my bills, and trying to get myself in the door of tech. I was studying political science until I finally said, I'm not going to do this, and I want to go after what I love, and that's art. I've taught myself art since I was a kid, and recently I have now decided to study and obtain my associates. That is what I'm working on. And I was wondering what to do next, how to get into the field of what I wanted to do. And it was really hard, especially being a woman and young. Most people associate wisdom with age. And since I am only 20, I didn't have very much experience. It was really hard for me to obtain an internship on my own. So thanks to a gentleman by the name of Ed Smith, he introduced me to the San Diego Workforce Partnership. And I was able to apply for the Tech Hire Program, who has so generously got me the position to be an intern for Marissa Friedman at the Executive Cat Herder. So that is where I currently work, and I love it. So I would just say to all of the youth people out there, really take chances and go after the programs that are available because they might just change your life. Thank you. Good morning. My name is Carmen Summers. I'm the technical director for our public cloud here in the southwest region, San Diego County. And I'm so pleased to be here today because Dejeuner's story resonates with me. At Microsoft, we're building a future. We're building a platform that's going to enable women and boys and girls and everybody in this planet to achieve more. I know it sounds cliche when I say that, but the reality is, is we are building that. Whether you major in art, 
whether you major in graphic design, we're building a platform that will enable you someday to walk into a dressing room, push a button, and never have to undress to try on clothes. That's where art and science come together. And what we need is a workforce that will support that, to be educated, to have that passion, to understand the intersection between art and science, and to really think about how you can modernize yourself and what opportunities are available for you to find your passion and pursue it. At Microsoft, we think about workforce modernization a lot. And in particular, we think about San Diego. I'm here, right? So we think about San Diego. We know we have 70,000 jobs that go unfilled. And we think about how we can impact that, how we can have meaningful impact. And I want to tell you about three ways that Microsoft is helping modernize our workforce. One, our community stores, our retail stores, teach people how to use LinkedIn to build their online presence, to rock their profile is what they call it. If you don't know about it, just look it up. There's tons of courses you can learn from. Secondarily, many of you, well, none of you know that I was a military child. I grew up, I moved eight times before the age of 18. I didn't go to a fancy school. I joined the military, I served my country for eight years, and I finished my bachelor's degree. And when I got out of the military, thank you. And when I got out of the military, I wanted to work at Microsoft, but I got overlooked, like many people at my age do. So what did I do? I knew that's what I wanted to do. I started sharpening my skills. I started, went for work for another company. I just kept building on that. And eventually, in 2007, I got my dream job, but it wasn't easy. But Microsoft today has programs that reach beyond just recruiting from the MITs of the world. We're reaching down into tech hire programs in San Diego. We're figuring out how we can modernize our workforce and impact. We have three programs. We call it our uh, college hire program. We hire from the bachelor's programs as well as master's programs. We have um, a military hiring program, which I love for transitioning military members, where we'd send them to an 18-week boot camp after they transition out of the military, and we get them a job with either us or one of our enterprise commercial par or partners in the industry. And then thirdly, we are now offering, as of today, artificial intelligence training online, free to everybody. So if it's your passion to design something, and learn something, we're making it free and accessible because we're thinking about impact and modernizing the workforce. Thank you. Thank you, Carmen. Do you have a question for Dejanay? Based upon your experience, what is it the advice that you would give to other kids in your situation? What is it that, that drives you? What is it that, what, what gives you the purpose to succeed and why was, um, how is it that you found your passion? So I, for me, it's all about 
the siblings that I have who are younger than me that are still struggling in the situation that I got out of. I'm really working really hard to be able to provide them with someone they can turn to, who they can run to when the situations in our family do get rough. And I know it still happens. Um, So they really are my motivation to just keep pushing forward because if I don't do it for myself, I want to be able to leave something for them because I may be the first person to graduate college and to get my degree, so I can't depend on my family to support them the way I want them to be supported. And I found my dream, honestly, growing up, I had those 99-cent coloring books, and I would redraw the pages instead of coloring the book, and that's how I found my passion. <laughs> so, Thank you, Dejanae. Do you have a question for Carmen? What would be major advice you would give to the women who are struggling to get themselves in the tech field? I would say realize that tech just isn't for boys. Like I talked about the, the intersection of arts and science and knowing that you can create something based upon what you love, not just looking at data on a spreadsheet, I mean, I personally like that a lot, but um, it's not always about that. It's about envisioning a world where, you know, you can put on a HoloLens and you can see augmented reality. And for me, um, I think it's the upbringing that I had. I never thought of myself as different. Um, I never noticed that when I was in a room that I was the only woman speaking and it was that way for many years. It never occurred to me until somebody pointed it out to me. So I guess my point of view here is you are no different. You are the same. You have every opportunity that anyone else does. It's up to you how you choose to apply it. Thank you. Thank you, ladies. I have just a few final questions. Savannah. You mentioned the passion for uh, pursuing a career in law enforcement. How is Job Corps or South Bay Community Services helping you develop skills to prepare you for that career? Well, since I'm currently at Job Corps right now, I'm getting my guard card and my pepper spray certifications. So that will lead me into, and they will rec- help me. Um, re- they will recruit me to like recruiters and the alternative to detention program they they've always been there for me you know they will help me they helped me get into job corps they helped me do everything and um they just yeah <laughs> and what trade are you pursuing right now i'm in security thank you chief probation adolfo and superintendent paul can you speak to us about who are your mentors, or who were your mentors that helped you advance in your careers? Well, for me, it was my mother. I was born in Tijuana. I lived in a house that had no running water. Our bathroom was outdoors in our house. And she suffered from epilepsy, epilepsy seizures, but she struggled to get us to the United States because that was my father's goal. So she always was there for us. Even though she only had an elementary school education, she pushed for higher education. Uh, today, I'm in the only chief of police in San Diego County that has a doctor's degree. Not because I'm smarter, it's because I work harder. It, one thing that I, 
and, and just so you know, in probation, I've only been there two years. I worked for Bonnie Domenos the last three years as a chief investigator for the DA's office. Prior to that, I was a chief of police in National City, the first Hispanic chief of police in the city of National City. And before that, I was assistant chief of the San Diego Police Department. What I do now in probation is that I actively interview every person coming to the county of San Diego for the probation department. Like you heard earlier, I want to make sure that we're hiring the right person, not because they know the numbers, but they have the passion, the, the persistent, and they and actually literally respect and treat individuals with dignity. Like I say, everything I look for is things you should learn in kindergarten. How to say please, how to say thank you, how to put things back where they belong, how to take things that belong to you. Those are the things I'm looking for. I, I can teach you everything else, but that I cannot teach you. Thank you. Superintendent Gothold. Tell us about your mentor or inspiration. Well, I, I hate to sound like a copycat. I, I was a business finance major. I, I wanted nothing to do with education because my mom was a music teacher and raised four kids by herself. And after Prop 13, she lost her job. And we grew up with pretty tough conditions economically. So I, I was destined to never become a teacher. But, um, you know, I fell into it indirectly, and I fell in love with it, and it's because of everything that my mom did for myself and, and my siblings. And, and the, one of the non-negotiables that I remember growing up um, in her household was, you know, you, you're going to college, you're going to college. And I heard that, you know, all my life. I, I got to the point, I think, when I was a senior in high school, I didn't know it was an option. Uh, I honestly didn't. It, that was grade 13. And so, you know, that, that mentality that my mom had, this is how you can create a better life for yourself and the values that she instilled in us about caring for others and, and making a difference in the world. Um, you know, I found out the hard way where I belong, but it was because of her that I landed in public education. And, and I've been working with kids and communities trying to, you know, just help however I can. And, and it's because of her. Thank you. And one final question for Carmen. Carmen, what can Microsoft or other companies do to provide more opportunities and jobs to women, veterans, underrepresented people with a non-traditional education background? I think that is exactly what we're doing now, which is participating, being involved in our communities. Uh, for example, I lead City Next for San Diego for Microsoft. Um, participating, jumping in, getting involved, helping people understand that we are there. We are in the community. We are present. There's a lot of us here. And we are putting forth education programs like the military hiring program, which frankly is near and dear to my heart because uh, it could have saved me 10 years uh, in the industry. It was valuable, but I could have got to Microsoft a lot sooner, which was, you know, for me, my, my dream job. And we are making those programs available to people who don't follow the, the, the traditional routes. And being here and, and witnessing all of this today, it's just, it makes you realize what an enormous responsibility that not only Microsoft, but every tech company, you know, Qualcomm, Viasat, everybody in this community has to contribute to enabling workforce development in our community. And we, we are part of that. Thank you. Can you tell us just briefly more about City Next? Yes. City Next is a, a partnership in Microsoft where we work on um, 
initiatives that the city of San Diego cares about. And so we bring together uh, representation from the enterprise commercial space, which I work in, our state and local government, our retail stores, our education sector, and we bring all of that together to work together to understand how we can impact, um, in our case, workforce development for the city of San Diego. So we have Mark Starr, who sits, uh, works with San Diego Workforce Partnership. We, we also are working on, um, uh, you know, the Rock the Profile, our community development through our stores. And so we work to bring that together. My role is really to help tell that story and to also reach to enterprise commercial customers to help them understand the impact Microsoft is making. Wonderful. Thank you. That was amazing. Let's give a round of applause for our youth and system leaders.